Hello everyone, I'm Kristen Goodman and your host of Parenting in the Middle podcast. Today on this episode, we are going to learn about why it's important to help our kids develop intrinsic motivation and how we can encourage this and what we need to do and what we need to stop doing in order to help our kids have the motivation to do the things that they need to do even when they don't want to, and to do it for reasons that aren't for people-pleasing or in a way that makes them feel like they need to do better and be better in order to feel good enough or worthy. Okay, so are you ready? If you want to join my Facebook group, I've just recently created a Parenting in the Middle Facebook group. It's going to be for anyone who wants to join. It is a private group, however, because I want to be specific in who I invite in there and not just open it up to everyone. But it is going to be a place where I will be able to go live and do some other teaching and trainings in that group, aside from Instagram and on this podcast. So if you are interested in checking that out, I will put a link for that in the show notes today. All right, let's get to the episode. Okay, to begin this podcast, I want to ask a question, and that is, do you pay your kids for grades? I thought this would be an interesting topic and a point to discuss. I'm going to be bringing it to my Instagram page this week to to see how many of you pay your kids for grades, if it works for you, and if you don't, what other ways do you help your kids stay motivated in school for grades? And we are coming up on the end of the school year. I know my kids only have two more days left of school. So I'm definitely going to revisit this topic in the fall when we start back in school. But the topic I want to really focus on is intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation and how to get our kids motivated to do the things they don't want to do. And especially as we go into summer and you've got your kids home for longer and you have more chores, maybe you like more structure. And so to keep that structure, especially as your kids get older and want to sleep in, stay up later. I remember when my kids started getting into those teenage years and I found myself thinking, oh my gosh, it seems like every summer night is like a weekend. How did this happen? My husband and I still work. And so it's not the weekend for us, but our kids seem to think that they could just stay out like it was the weekend because there was because there was no school. And so that was a conversation that we had to have. And we had to put in some boundaries and expectations. And then also step back a little bit lengthen the rope, let them have more freedom on the weekends, and just know that we were going to be more tired, the house is going to feel a little more chaotic, and that is okay. And so we definitely worked together, my teens and us, to compromise and find a solution that worked for both of us. But as we go through into the summer, it is something that I know as parents we want to do. We want to have a schedule still. We want to have expectations of our kids to do chores and things around the house. If they're involved in summer programs or summer school, they still have to keep up on some of the work they need to do. And so how can we motivate them to do this? And what strategies and tools can we improve upon to help our situation? So if the situation isn't where you want it to be right now, it's okay. What do you want to do? What do you need to do? in order to improve. And I like the idea of just improving by 1% every single day. What can you do tomorrow 1% better than today? And then it doesn't feel so 
difficult? And I think that's a good question to ask your kids too, because it's something doable. It's something that they can do, they can feel capable of, and they can choose. So back to the question, do you pay your kids for grades? We used to pay our kids for grades until I realized it wasn't working. I noticed I had children at different levels of capability, and so A's for one child was a lot easier than all A's for another child. And so the effort that I had one child producing was a lot more than the effort I was actually praising and rewarding from the other child, just because their results were different. A's were easier to obtain for one than the other. And I saw the unfairness of it, and I saw how my child that was really good at getting A's actually struggled when things became difficult. And so that growth mindset was not being developed because she was getting rewarded for things that were easy for her. And so then when things were difficult, she didn't know how to push through that. It was like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to fail. I don't want to make mistakes. I was actually rewarding more of a perfectionistic mindset because when things were easy and she was successful, she got rewarded. If things were hard and she put a lot of effort in and then didn't get the results she wanted, she wasn't getting rewarded and it was actually harder and felt like a struggle. So it made perfect sense why she wouldn't want to do it. Now, I had other children who really wanted something and they had to put a lot more effort into it. And then when they accomplished it, the reward, the extrinsic reward was not comparable to the intrinsic award of their, the strength that they built to be capable of doing it. That internal success that they felt of wanting to do something, following through, taking action, putting forth like massive effort and then accomplishing it, that reward is so much more valuable than any amount of money or any external reward or bribe at all. And so that's what you want to foster in your kids is the feeling that they are capable and they can work really hard and achieve the things that they want to achieve. And the feeling that they get on the other side of that will be so much better than the feeling that they get when they get 20 bucks. So the money or that extrinsic reward that you're giving them, uh, clothes or an ice cream cone, it can actually demotivate them. Because if they do everything right, they study, they listen, they do their homework, they get help, and then they still come up short, they don't even get the reward now. Not only is that a terrible feeling to work so hard and not achieve something that you wanted, and then you're not rewarded for it, now you feel like you're not good enough, and they might even resent a sibling who, if whatever they were going to do came easier for them, and they are getting rewarded, it can create some resentment there. So if you find yourself in this predicament where you have rewarded extrinsically and it's not really working anymore, you keep having to figure out new rewards, more screen time, more money, and you have to keep increasing the, the bribe or incentive, which I would like to call it. Um, it just, it puts, you, it puts more pressure on you as the parent than it does on your child who's actually the one supposed to do the work, right? Like put the pressure on them 
to get what they need to done, take the pressure off of yourself. So first is to notice if that is happening. If you feel more pressure to get your kids to do what they need to do than your child does, that's the first place to start is taking a step back from that pressure or feeling that you have that you are responsible for getting your child to do what they're supposed to do. You actually aren't responsible for that. They are responsible for doing the things that they need to do. And if they're not doing it, your job is to figure out why, not do it for them, not try to figure out all of the ways that you can motivate them. It's to figure out why they aren't meeting those expectations. What are they struggling with? Is it something with school? Is it a learning difference that they have that they need extra help or support with? Time management skills. Maybe they just don't want to and they don't feel like they have to. And so a conversation about that can help be a place to begin. So as you approach the summer and you think of the things that you want your children to do and you want to motivate them and try to develop inside of them an intrinsic motivation, a feeling of they can accomplish something. Like it might be hard, they might not want to do it, but they have to because in this home, we have to clean up the backyard because we have a dog and there's lots of things to clean up after the, after the dog's outside. And so what the feeling you get from that after your yard is clean is it's a clean place to run around and to play. You can enjoy what it looks like and enjoy hanging out with your family or friends and having fun. That motivation is going to serve your children so much longer. So how do we foster that? Number one, emphasize action, not A's or money or ice cream or anything extrinsic, any of those rewards. Those things can for sure help. Like, I'm not going to say I never incentivize my kids with ice cream. Like, hey, let's go get ice cream after you complete that assignment or do your chores on a Saturday. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's the intention behind it. So if it's kind of coming from a needy place as a parent of like, you need to get that done. And if you do, then I will take you for ice cream, right? That's coming from a, your child is definitely in control when you do that because you're like, please do this. And then I will do this for you. Instead of it being like that, it's more like praising the effort, the actions that they are taking. And then, hey, let's go get some ice cream. That was really hard and we worked really hard and it's really hot outside and ice cream really sounds good. Do you want to go get some? I had this experience with one of my children who is really struggling in one of their classes and I'm finding that what was easier with some of my kids is more difficult with this particular child and it kind of surprised me. And so it wasn't until I was like looking at the grades and seeing that things were done and then morning after morning, all of these last minute assignments that she was doing before school started, I'm like, okay, something isn't working very well. And so I started having conversations with her about, hey, I'm noticing that, and that's a phrase that I like to use when I'm bringing something like this up is, I'm noticing that you're doing a lot of your homework in the morning and the mornings are feeling a little stressful. Why is that? Are you just, do you like doing it in the morning? Is there a reason why you save it for the last minute? And what she would tell me is, that's what she liked to do. I don't know. I wasn't getting a whole lot 
from her at this point. And so I basically just had to make the decision that, okay, this is going to be more complicated than I was used to. And I really wanted to help her get that extrinsic motivation. I think it's going to be a work in progress. And I definitely had to let go of it needing to look a certain way or feel a certain way in order to be successful, if that makes sense. So my expectations, I would say, had to lower so that I could feel like I could help her and be patient and really understand, okay, what's happening here? Why are assignments not getting completed? And I know that I'm not the only one who, when you look at the portal, I mean, to be honest with you, my I had other kids where I, I never had to look at the portal. And so when I had to start looking at the portal, I was feeling stressed out because I'm like, what are all of these missing assignments? What is happening? And then you hear, well, they just haven't graded it yet. It's not inputted in. And so I'm like, man, isn't this stressful when you look at your grade and you see where it's at, but you know you've turned things in, but they're not, I don't know. It just is more complicated in my opinion. But I had to start looking at the portal and I said, okay, we're going to look at the portal every Monday and we're going to look at it every Friday together. And I want you to tell me where you're at, what's happening. And I just had to take that extra time with her to do that. She had, she started remembering things earlier than she would have in the past and telling me, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And that I was able to connect with her and ask her, hey, well, let's set up some flashcards and I will help you study with flashcards. Some kids are just more relaxed about their schoolwork. They don't have that stress that the other child of mine has of, I've got to get this A, I've got to get everything turned in, and then they're able to get that result, and then they would get rewarded for it, but it was in a more perfectionistic way that if they struggled, it really wasn't helpful for them at all. And then I had this other child who didn't stress at all. And she's like, it'll be fine. I can get it done in five minutes. I don't have to think about it tomorrow. And that's where I had to just really decide, okay, we have to focus on the effort and on the actions. And I have to be consistent in holding to that expectation, not giving extra screen time paying for grades, but incorporating in our schedule, uh, okay, if you don't have this done, then you can't have screen time. You just, you just don't have it. So screen time is a privilege, right? And if they don't do their work, then they don't get screen time. It's not a bribe. It's more of just a, a, a consequence of they don't get this because they haven't done that. And that's something as a parent that you definitely get to decide what that looks like for you. And that leads us into the next, number two, which is practice the, and then in quotation marks I write, when the routine. So when the routine is helping your kids develop habits of getting their room clean or picking it up every night, making their bed. It's laying out expectations for how things are done in your family. So when your homework is complete and I've checked it, that piece is crucial because I know that I have not always held my kids accountable when I've expected things. Did you clean your room? Did you get your clothes picked up? And they would say, yes, I don't check it. And they can do what they want to do. And they figure out really quickly that mom isn't going to check. And so it doesn't really matter if they do it. So it's important to follow through and check 
so that they know they will be held accountable. So when you ask if it's done, they have to be honest. So when your homework is complete, and I've checked it, then you can play your games. Be very consistent with this practice. All right, number three, help but don't do. And this is a tough one because we want to jump in when our kids are struggling. When I was helping my daughter with her homework, I just wanted to, okay, here's the answer. Look at this. And uh, that's not helping, right? They're not learning when they're doing, when they do that. They might get that assignment done faster, but when it comes time for the test, they're going to struggle again. So it's important to be helpful, but not jump in, not too helpful. We want to foster good work habits. So that's more important to me than even the grade, is developing those good work habits, those good study habits that they know if they do these things, they are better for it because, and the intrinsic motivation of wanting to learn, wanting to do well, because that is who they are. So what does that sound like? It sounds like, I'm happy to help you with your homework, and this is the time I am available. Now, this is something that I implemented because I found I love helping my kids with, with what they need to do. It's something I enjoy, but I was like, why are you asking me right now? I'm in the middle of dinner. And I had all of that time before that I was available to help you. Like from after school until five o'clock, we're just like hanging out and they didn't want to start their homework. And now that they do, I'm in the middle of, of dinner and it would feel so frustrating to me. So I started implementing this and telling them, if you want me to help you, this is when I am available. If you ask me when I'm in the middle of dinner or if I'm in the middle of doing something else, I'm not gonna have the time to help you and you're gonna have to go ask a friend, ask your dad, or figure something else out. So what do you do if you have a child who's always forgetting things and always needing rescued at the last minute? This is where it's going to be so important for you not to rescue them. Especially as your kids get into upper elementary age, junior high, high school, they're growing up, they should remember what they need for school. And if they don't, it's helping them create a plan so that they can start remembering. They're gonna have sports and they're going to need certain things to take to school on certain days. And so you've got to have this conversation that from now on, you won't drive to school with their homework, lunch, permission slips, or any equipment they need, their instrument, when they forget what they need. And so they will have to find another solution, or they will have to experience the consequence of forgetting that item. And this can be really tricky, and I definitely don't do this all the time because I am as forgetful as they come. And so I know that I so appreciate when people help me out when I forget that I definitely do want to help my kids. And we all forget things, right? I have definitely taken shoes to my high schooler when they forgot their shoes. And you would think, how could you forget your shoes? But uh, they have certain shoes that they wear for their sport. And so they had forgotten their school shoes. And it's a pain to drive to school when you have to hit all of the school traffic and find them, give them their shoes. It, it is a pain. But if you're available to do it, I, I am open to helping your child out as much as you can. And you as the parent know when it becomes a problem and when they need to experience the consequence of forgetting.
I definitely don't think it's like an all or nothing or black and white thing where if you are rescuing your child because they forgot their shoes, that makes you a bad parent or that makes you a helicopter or you are always rescuing them. I don't think that's the case at all, but I know and I have experienced with this with different kids that you know when it becomes a problem. And you know when they just need to experience the consequence of forgetting to learn and when you are helping them out because you just don't want them to experience that failure or that feeling of disappointment or stress, right? Like I've been there where I've rescued my children because I didn't want them to feel stressed or have a bad day and I knew it wasn't teaching them a lesson. And so it's, it's just good to know that. I definitely don't think it's all or nothing, but I, I do also feel like there is so much value in you as the mom not always being available to rescue your kids and at every at their beck and call, taking them what they need or you know putting them as your number one priority all the time because that will backfire as well. And it really, um, to piggyback on that, I remember when because naturally with my personality, I do like to serve my kids and I do like to do things to help them. But I found that in doing that and not having my own boundaries and my own putting them first before the things that I needed, the example that I was showing them was, wow, being a mom is actually not very fun at all. All you do is you do everything for your kids and you do nothing for yourself. And I started noticing that that's what I was doing and that was what I was setting for your kids. And so that framing it that way helped me go, you know what? I want my kids to know that when they become moms themselves, they don't have to do everything for their kids at their beck and call, that it's important for them when they become moms to have hobbies, to have a job, to not always be available. And the hard part is if you are a stay at home mom and you do have the time to know that your time is still important to do things for you. So even if you can Drop everything and help your child out. It doesn't mean that you always should. But I do know that you as the parent get to decide what that looks like and what that means. So when I say there's a no rescue policy and not to rescue your kids, it's not a black and white all or nothing thing. So definitely weigh that in and what that looks like for you. And that's where coaching is so valuable because as a coach, I don't ever tell you what to do. I don't ever judge you for the things that you do or don't do. I help you access those thoughts that are making you feel whatever you're feeling, whether it's stress or um, whatever those feelings are. If you're doing it out of genuine love for your kids and that's just what you want to do, there's not a problem. And if your kids have to suffer the consequence of always having gotten rescued in their life, that's what will happen. And so you get to choose what that looks like for you because you're the mom in their life. Okay, so to recap, the four ways that you can help your kids develop that intrinsic motivation is focus on the behavior, on the actions, the effort, practice the when this gets done, then you can do this, help, but don't do it for them, and don't rescue your kids. So look ahead to this summer. What are the things that you want to implement in your family and don't be all or nothing and think every it has to be perfect. We definitely want to start small. What things do you want your kids to do? What expectations do you want to have for them? How can you enforce those things, put those expectations in place without motivating them extrinsically? 
And if you have questions about this, I would love to hear from you. So send me an email. I will put my email in the show notes of this podcast. Go to my Facebook group. I would love to see you in there next week. I'm going to do my first Facebook Live. It's going to be so fun. There might be like five or ten of you in there. That's my hope. <laughs> so go, go check that out. Have a great day, everyone, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. If you want to download my free training on how to avoid a power struggle with your teen, go to parentinginthemiddle.com backslash power struggle. If you would like to get on my wait list to join me in my group coaching program that will begin in June, go to parentinginthemiddle.com backslash waitlist. The links to both will be in the show notes. Have a great day.